everybody. Welcome to the Living Real Podcast. I'm Melanie Shaw, your host, as well as founder and editor-in-chief of Living Real Magazine. On the 10th of each month, I will get to introduce you to someone that I've met who has a sincere desire to live out their real faith in real life. Someone who doesn't mind sharing their struggles because they want to encourage us to stay the course. Someone who's overcome and can testify to the faithfulness of Almighty God. I'm so excited about each conversation that we're going to have, and I pray God will use our words to bring glory to His Son, Jesus Christ. So are you ready? I know I am. Well, welcome everyone to the ninth episode of the Living Roll Podcast. If you're a new listener, um, this year, a 2020, was is supposed to be a celebration year and has been with the magazine. Um, it's been a crazy year, but 2020 kicked off our Living Roll Podcast, and we are celebrating 10 years of publication. And each month, we have been gifting our readers and now listeners with more stories, more more encouragement, more hope um, through a, a new way, and I am just excited that we're all here today and getting ready to kick off our September episode. Um, I'm also thrilled to have these three guys sitting in front of me today. Um, we have Cliff Springs, Rick Scholl, and Kenny Bingham, and these guys I truly admire I respect and um, and just in awe of who they are and how they rally um, around God's word together and seek to lead out a Sunday school class of over a hundred people each and every week um, and just give so much of their time. They're not they are um, business owners, they are family men. And then, of course, they are men of faith. So for this episode, I am really stoked about having these guys come and talk. I'm not even going to do much talking um, for this episode. I'm going to let them kind of um, lead the way and just let you listen and hear what they have to say. So, guys, thanks for being here with me today. Well, thank you, thank Melanie. You. I, I almost feel like we should just cut it off there because anything we say is going to go downhill from that. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely correct. Yeah, we'll never live up to those <laughs> no. standards. Will we? No. Uh, you know, well, I have to start high, but they they will definitely they will definitely be great. They do give each other um, fits, and they kid kid a lot. There's a lot of inside jokes that go on in between these guys. So I've I've asked them to tamper it down just a little bit not a lot because this is living real but enough so that we don't lose people when they're like well i don't have a clue to what they're talking about um so hopefully you will uh, understand the conversation but i've invited them to share with you because of their faith um they walk it not just talk it they're definitely not perfect but they do seek after the perfecter and the author and the finisher of our faith with passion and purpose. So, guys, let's jump right in. And I want you to tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do. So let's start with Kenny. Oh, so I get to be first, right? Yeah. I get to be the guinea pig, and then y'all can, y'all can follow suit. Um, well, I'm Kenny Bingham, and um, I am a business owner. I own American Engineering Consultants with my brother. 
Um, we've had that for about 25 years. Grew up in the construction industry. Um, I've spent a little bit of time in politics. I did four years <laughs> on the school bit. board. Yeah, 16 years in the uh, South Carolina House of Representatives, where I've served many positions, including majority leader, um, chairman of ethics. Um, K-12, I wrote the K-12 budget on the House side for a number of years. Um, and so education has always been a big passion of mine, public education, and making sure that we do what we can uh, to support that. But all education, it doesn't really matter. Um, since then, I've, um, whenever I got out of the House in 2016, I was asked to um, start up a government relations practice here in South Carolina for a firm called Adams & Reese. They're a large southeastern uh, law firm that, that does um, do a lot of government relations work, but they did not have a practice in South Carolina. So mm -hmm. I started that in 2016 with one, me, no <laughs> anything. And then um, today, what I guess four years later, I've got five full-time employees plus two interns right now. So wow. anyway, we've, been, we've done well, but it keeps me busy. It keeps me going between engineering and uh, my government relations work and practice. Um, then, of course, outside of that is just my... Uh, work in the church and i've always believed that it's an important to keep a balance in life a balance of priorities and um so my work in the church and teaching sunday school um provided many other leadership positions in the past but right now my main focus is our class and making sure that we not just teach but we minister to them and it takes all of us collectively um, to carry that out because we do have like you said a very large class i guess we average over 100 and around 100 but we've got probably 200, Rick, something like that, maybe 200 people on our roll. And so uh, that is bigger than Trinity when we started, right, Rick? <laughs> and so, um, but nonetheless, that is a mission. It is a passion of ours. And so I appreciate the opportunity to be here today and just talk a little bit. Well, great. All right, Rick. Okay. Well, my name's Rick Shull, and I am uh, the husband of the host. <laughs> and so um, just a uh, privilege to, to be here today. And um, I'm a uh, business owner as well, a third-generation mechanical contractors here in West Columbia, Casey area. And um, so that's, um, that's been quite a, uh, quite a ride. And um, so we have, uh, we've been around for a long time. My granddaddy was uh, one of the original um, five owners of the company when they started. So my dad is, granddaddy came and went, dad came and went, and I've come and hadn't yet gone, but <laughs> hopefully I will go at some point. But anyway, um, that's uh, that's kind of my um, eight to five plus or minus uh, situation. Um, I too was uh, in politics for a brief period of time. I was served on the school board for Lexington School District 2 for 12 years. Um, Somebody talked me into that. I don't I'm know. Not sure who that was, but anyway, uh, it was um, close advisors. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was a great time. Just to, opportunity, just to serve the community, and and um, education being uh, something that's very close to me, um, very uh, much a part of um, of my life. And Melanie was a uh, school teacher. My daughter's a school teacher, and so. Anyway, it just kind of came natural, so I was a part of that uh, for 12 years. And then, of course, uh, I guess uh, one of the main reasons we're here today is um, to talk about a little bit about um, our ministry. And so um, I teach with these guys on a rotating basis in our Sunday school class. And Kenny's kind of um, talked a little bit about that. And so we uh, 
just are blessed to uh, be able to minister and to teach and to use the gifts God's given us and hopefully to be as faithful as we can we can be um, to do the things he's he's called us to do individually and corporately together as we minister to the class and the class ministers to us as much as we minister to it um, just a, a great group of people that uh, we we really love and enjoy um, just uh, sharing life with and walking with so um that is, uh, I guess, pretty much my story. Okay. Well, moving on to Cliff. My name is Cliff Springs, and I am the significantly junior member of this uh, this posse here. Um, uh, by a, again, a significant amount, uh, much younger than these fellas. But uh, I'm the owner of Genesis Studios, an advertising and production company. Um, uh, we just started our 28th year in business, so I've been doing that for uh, quite a while. Um, uh, I have uh, I have three kids in high school. Uh, I have, I serve at the church in a number of uh, of capacities, um, but uh, that's that's a very natural offshoot of um, I don't know about 15 years ago. God really uh, reworked some things in my life and really got my attention in a way that uh, it needed to be gotten. And uh, and as a result, um, you know I'm, I'm serving a number of ways that I'm I'm glad to serve. Interestingly, I actually. Um, being so far junior to these guys in age, um, I um, I actually was in class with them when I first started coming to Trinity. They were they were my teachers for seven or eight years, and then they moved up to another class. And then when I, my wife and I got married, we moved up to that class as well. Um, it's called a promotion. It is. Yes. But, but, uh, but my my first teaching uh, experience was one time when Kenny and Rick were both going to be out, and Kenny came to me, and I just asked me if I would fill in. I was just a member of Sunday school class and he'd ask me if I'd fill in. And that, that lesson is a legend at the church to this day for those who heard that, I, I, I kid you not. It's in the archives, but, um, I think. Uh, but um, but, uh, but I, was, I was sort of a fill in for a number of years. And then as this particular class kept growing and growing and it turned into two classes, uh, it, so it was, it was a lot of work for two guys to do. And so I, I uh, offered to step in and join the rotation. And, um, and, and good thing about it is we, uh, just the 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 way we teach holds holds each of us accountable. Um, it uh, it's constantly um, just blowing our minds the things we're discovering. It's not uncommon at all for one of us to pick up phones say, "You won't believe what I just what I just <laughs> realized or learned or something like that." Um, and then again, we have a class that uh, that challenges the heck out of us, and they they uh, they keep us on our toes. And there have been many lessons that have that have expanded and diverged into other things just because of the feedback we get from our class. So our, that class is very helpful to helping us grow as well. So. For sure. And I know personally that their hearts is discipleship. And so just having um, Rick and Kenny here and then a product of their discipleship, and this is just one in hundreds of people that they have um, walked um, with on their faith journeys, but it's so amazing to watch people um, fall in the footsteps of Jesus through the footsteps of those who are fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ and who have a passion to to lead others in that direction. Um, my husband and I, Rick, um, 
we have two children and when he was saying that I was a teacher and Madison was a teacher we also have a son who loves school so whether he's a teacher or not doesn't matter but he adores learning um, and Kenny of course his wife and I grew up together but we um, all dated um, through these years and we were all discipled together under the same minister and so we just um, have a long history of friendship and of growing up in our faith together and it has been such a joy and I hope a lot of our listeners have Christian friends that you are doing life and growing with in the word it's just very powerful and um, it is something that is does not go void it is just something that you can it never ends it just keeps going and growing all the time so um i wanted to ask each of you if there's something specific i know cliff just alluded to it but if there's something specific in your life that really ignited this faith and that has fanned the flame of you digging into the word and wanting to grow and then wanting to lead others to do the same has there been a specific time in your life? I'll, I'll expound on mine real quick. I'll give a okay. very short version. But when we were building this studio, we'd been in business for a number of years, but when we were building this studio, um, just really went through a nightmare with um, with a, a contractor that was uh, not acting properly and um, nearly put us out of business with, uh, with a lot of his shenanigans. But during that whole time, there were a number of other things going on in our lives. Our, we had a two-year-old and our twins were born. Uh, my wife's an only child and her parents are divorced and her mother was diagnosed with lung cancer. So we had lung cancer, uh, a two-year-old, infant twins, and a building that was not getting built all at the same time. And this all happened during the recession. So this was just <laughs> a really stressful time. And I remember during all that time, God just provided over and over and over. And I kept saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. But the thing that I, I realized for me was, um, and I, I, this is the way I can describe it, at most any time in my life, I think I would have died had my faith been on the line. I would have said, fine, you know, if somebody put a gun to my head, fine, kill me. But what I wasn't doing is I wasn't living for God. I was willing to die for God, but I wasn't living for God. And that, of course, meant dying to myself. And that was what happened during all that time where God just completely uh, refocused my attention. And one of the first things that happened was I started truly reading the Bible. It's the first time I'd ever read the Bible all the way through, despite the fact that I could tell you all the stories. I grew up in church. I knew all the stories. But just the, the totality of the Bible and studying the Bible, and that's been my that's been my thing that anyone in our class will tell you, that I say, you got to study your Bible. you got to mm-hmm. study your Bible because nothing has impacted my life the way the diving in that word is. And, and that, that, again, is where I think the three of us are constantly amazed when we dive into this stuff is just I don't think we ever teach a lesson where we walk away doubting our faith. We walk away more certain than ever that that is the Word of God. Uh, and um, so for me, that's been the thing is truly studying studying the Word and just just having my mind blown on a regular basis by it. And, and when you see that and you're excited by it, you can't help but tell other people. Yeah, I think it's, it's – um, <clears throat> I was trying to think back. You know, I remember when we were growing up, in the youth ministry, uh, Wayne Edwards was our pastor, and um, we were, you know, Wayne had a lot of excitement around the youth ministry, and, and quite frankly, it was not around, you know, cookouts or, or social events, although we did some of that. I mean, mm-hmm. it was always around Bible study and always around, at that time, the music ministry and youth choir and um, preparing for summer mission trips that would come up. And, um, you know, I know Don Davis had come to me a couple of times, and this was, I guess I was... Uh, 
when I became a Christian, I guess it was around ninth or tenth grade. It was during Wayne's term as youth minister. Prior to that, and Don was our senior pastor. Yeah, Don at was that our time. senior pastor, and Don had come to my house before and visited back when I was maybe year eighth grade, seventh grade, or whatever, and you know shared the gospel track and said, "You ready?" And we were, we grew up in church, you know, so it wasn't like I wasn't there every Sunday anyway. But I just didn't feel led. But I remember very succinctly. I mean, Wayne came in, he started teaching and doing some of the Bible studies, and. We started planning a year out for our youth ministry. And Wayne was very clear, you know, you have to be a Christian in order to participate or go. And that was kind of odd because, you know, you, every activity of the church, you sit there thinking, why in the world are you going to do that? And he said, look, he said, if you're asking when he answers his own question, as he does that, he says, <laughs> the reason why is you have nothing to share. If you're not a Christian, why are you, how can you go? Because you have nothing to share. And that mm-hmm. just hit me. And it was not long after that. Don't even. I, mean, I remember sitting there in the old Line Street Baptist Church. Um, Trinity had merged with Line Street. We were in their location on Line Street, but it was Trinity. Um, and that Sunday morning, I had when I got there, I did not have any intent of going down and making a profession of faith. But I'm telling you, something hit me, and mm. I remember it was just like just grabbed me and pushed me down the aisle. I mean, it was just like instantaneous. And you know, the spirit comes on you like that. It is an amazing transformation. And then, fortunately, we had. A pastor and a senior and a youth minister that was very engaged and so you got into God's word real quickly and that started manifesting itself out and then we went on these trips and you'd see the impact that it could have on other kids lives and other people's lives so you know for me we got a very good start and now there's been off you know times that you're up and down and throughout you know life there's many events where you backslide or you pull back forward or whatever it may be but in terms of where you, the foundation was there and experience mm-hmm. was real, right. and the change was real, and you just keep going through that in life. And so for everybody, it becomes those points and times of where it's at, and there's been all kinds of markers along the way, and that is our journey of faith, is that you know it, at different points in time, it's different places. But nonetheless, I remember that very succinctly when Wayne said that. He says, why would anyone go? He says, you have nothing to offer mm. because you're there to minister. And so that was one of the moments that hit me. Mm. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, and, and speaking of foundations, I mean, that that I think is um, has really been um, a huge part of, of you and I, Kenny. And mm-hmm. Cliff's, Cliff's story is uh, different than our story, but our story goes back to just a really solid foundation initially and um, and just having um, just the opportunity to have created within us a love and a hunger for the Word of God. And you can't, you really can't, uh, that's a priceless thing, to mm-hmm. have the Word of God, um, to, to have a, a hunger created within you for the Word and to love the Word and to embrace the Word. And of course, ultimately, you know, Christ is our Savior and Lord, but He's revealed Himself in the Word. And so the word is so important, and the scriptures are so important. And just learning and growing, and and um, and just uh, loving the Lord and loving His Word and getting engaged in His Word, and and then having the opportunities as as time goes on. You know, I can remember in youth ministry, and which was uh, like you was a was a, a huge integral part of my my foundation, and um, just having then opportunities to serve and minister at 18, 19, 20 years of age. Um, 
and I think you were even younger. Uh, when, when yeah, I am I, younger than you, Rick. If anybody <laughs> has any questions about that, yes, I'm much younger. So I can just remember just the opportunities, and you felt like you were maybe drowning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes with the with the opportunities you were given, and uh, and urged and encouraged on to accept those opportunities to minister and to teach. I never will forget the first time I taught a Sunday school lesson. Um, Wayne, <laughs> Wayne asked me to fill in for a senior high class. And um, of course I was reluctant because I'd never taught. And he said, oh, you can do it, it's no problem. I'll give you all the material, you'll have more than you need. And so I did, I accepted the invitation. I remember walking in that class. It was the first week of June. And back when we were younger, the first week of June was the first week out of school and everyone who was under 17 years of age fled for the beach. So, you know, uh, it was hard to find a teenager in town. Um, And so it was hard for me to find a teenager in class. I walked into that class that day and there was one girl there and she was a guest. And so, needless to say, um, that was a very interesting first experience uh, imparting the word and teaching the word. So I came out of there and went did, to. Did she come back? Uh, I have no idea because I didn't come back. So that was kind of that was kind of the way that that left. But just just opportunities to minister, going you know deeper than you really maybe felt equipped to go, but just encouraged and. To, to go deeper and to, and, to, and to study the Word and to love the Word and to develop the gifts that God had given us. And you know, one of my gifts or my main gift is teaching. So I love mm-hmm. to teach. And so whether, you know, whether uh, Wayne saw that in me at that early age, I have no idea, but that's where it all started, was that one girl in a 12th grade Sunday school class as I filled in on a Sunday. But uh, well, Wayne had always had a way of putting all of us in positions of awkwardness um, <laughs> yes. anytime that he possibly could. Yeah, that's true. Um, what, that's you remember, true. when we go on our mission trips, we'd always have uh, our use concerts. Every night, we'd be, during the day, we'd work in a missions camp, we'd do something, and then at night, we'd have these concerts and stuff. And Wayne would, at random, never tell who he was. He calls on everybody in order to um, give a testimony. And so on call, you had to be ready to give your testimony. And that was always petrifying uh, for someone, especially new Christians or whatever. And I remember, like I said, I was in high school and um, Wayne uh, had, we used to have senior, I mean, high school or youth day or youth Sunday, I guess it was. And then the youth would do it. Wayne would preach and then he would have some of the um, other uh, people in our youth department lead the service, the choir, whatever. And this particular Sunday, I guess it was around, I was a senior in high school, and Wayne um, wanted us to give our testimony that day. And of course, this is from the whole church, and that's a whole different you know, story. It's, it's a little bit easier even when you're off in mm-hmm. some boy else where people don't know you. But if you have to come back and do it in your church. And so, anyway, Wayne had told, uh, asked me to do testimony, and I th- think he was Steve Mooney, may have been the other one that was doing it. But um, I do remember very sincerely that Sunday morning, he called me in his office and he said, um, you know, go ahead. And he said, I want you to hearse, give you testimony, whatever. And I had it all written out. And I picked it up and, and I read through my testimony that I had that's verbalized. <laughs> and Wayne said, Ken, that's great. He said, that's absolutely really good. He said, let me see it. And he got it. And he took it and he ripped it to shreds. <laughs> he threw it in the trash can. And he says, out. He says, he says, you know, tell people what God's done in your life. And so um, that really prepared me (laughs) for um, being good on my feet and being able to um, handle it. But that is an absolutely true story. Um, And Wayne did that. But he's right. 
you know, it's not about, it's just being open and dialogue about what Christ has done in your life and how he's ministered to you. And that's what people want to hear. That is your testimony. Mm-hmm. It's right. not planned or concept, you know, it's just what, where, what's God done? And no one and can, so no one can tell you that's not true. You know, and that's, 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 that's right. no one can and take they that can away argue from. with that. Absolutely. Exactly. exactly. That's why I really, you know, when Cliff tells, uh, shares his testimony about, you know, these, these events in his life later on in his life and when he's an adult married with kids, that were life changing. I mean, you know, the Lord, the Lord deals with us at different times in different ways, and He does it based upon His sovereign plan and purposes in our life. And um, you know, just to know that uh, that the Lord loves us and He's He's a good Father, and He's He's using and orchestrating all of the events of our life according to His sovereign will and plan, and they have an ultimate perfected purpose. And so it um, doesn't matter whether it was at age 15 or 16 or in, I don't know. My youthful, 60s, my youthful 30s. Your yeah, youthful yeah, 30s. Right. Right. Yeah, so whatever, but still God's, God's orchestrating, God's at work, and all we need to be is just faithful. And God will God'll perfect the rest. Exactly. And just being obedient and, you know, you guys didn't run away when you were asked to do crazy things that you thought, well, I can't do that or, or whatever, but you were – you were willing to step up and try. It didn't matter if, you know, what was going to happen, but you were willing to try. And I think um, coming in to um, this group um, when I was 17, um, because I had, if you've read my book, Unlocked Hearts, Unleashed Joy, chapter five is (laughs) the chapter about Rick, the man of my prayers and not my dreams. (laughs) And I really believe. That's really great. great? So that's a really lift you up. I feel edified. You are not the man of our dreams. That's right. Because I think sometimes the man of our dreams is not who we really think he's going to be. And so, you know, God went above and beyond to give me an Ephesians 3.20 husband. And I love to, um, you know, I've enjoyed our journey together because he has challenged me. I've watched him grow. I've watched him teach. He's watched me teach. But I, I was able to... Um, learn and grow even under a spiritual husband and it's just been um, an amazing journey and then to be a part of these guys lives and their wives lives and uh, watching our kids grow up you know it, that's all we were doing was we were being obedient we weren't thinking 40 years down the road that we were going to be sitting around a, a counter at a pod, doing a podcast together talking about this. We didn't know what a podcast was. And we didn't was. even know what a podcast yeah, was. That. That's right. Didn't know last week. That's, <laughs> right. That's, true. That's true. And um, we just have a lot of fun together. And it's just been, um, I don't know, it's just, it's been a neat ride just taking one step at a time. And when you are obedient and you are, just say yes when he calls you to do something. You have no idea what God's going to do with that. And just to see where you guys are today ministering together in the church that two of you actually grew up in. One of you benefited from college and career ministry when we were doing that ministry. But just to see how it's grown and how many lives you guys have touched. And um, it's, it's just amazing. I could sit here and talk about that all day, but it's not about me. Uh, one thing I do want to back up, though, and say that because of Cliff's willingness to listen to me 10 years ago with the dream of Living Rule magazine, that's why we're sitting here. Because Cliff at that time thought, 
that'll never work. And he didn't tell me that till years later. Thank goodness, because if I'd listened to him, I probably would have run away too. But we've been doing this for 10 years because Cliff took a chance on what I believed God was calling me to. And so thank you, Cliff, for your obedience there and being willing to um, help in the media industry with this and putting it together and now with the podcast and and all of that i just really thank you for being um a part of the ministry god's called me to so thank you so much well, i knew it would lead to this podcast at some point that's why <laughs> that was why i bit that bullet back then that's right so you could <laughs> actually right. talk have this, this. cliff doesn't <laughs> have the gift speak. of encouragement that me and you have he does not we're encouragers oh. right. cliff Kenny and rick have been known to encourage me quite a bit uh, we have encouraged we have. Cliff that is time. their big spiritual gift we have through his business. Hospitality and, and, we and encouragement. We can with the details, but we won't. We will not. <laughs> now you see what we go through all the time just being around these guys, no matter whether they're teaching or just sitting around a table. It is fun. Just fun. But they have um, alluded to a little bit more of their story, and, and that is, is that they have all participated in some form in politics. Um, that sounds like an ugly word today when our world seems to be so heavily divided with things like this, but I've watched from this side of politics men who love the Lord and want to serve their communities and their state um, in a way that is pleasing unto God. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, I'm going to let them talk a little bit about that. But I am, that's another reason I admire these guys is they don't flee from um controversy or from the hard things they're willing to to step up and fight for what's right what's good where our foundations have come from and um, trying to stay on course with um, what God's word says and so I want to just uh, allow them a little bit of time today to talk about their feelings of what's going on in the political realm um, what drove you to even want to be in politics um, just, just just, take it from there. The culture, the whole nine yards, whatever you would like to talk about let, on the political Let me well. just say before we start there, just <laughs> kind of because Kenny mentioned, you know, his his service in the House and on school board. My, I mentioned my service on school board. But Cliff also has been involved in politics and in the back, on the in back, the back side, side, side of that. Of that. And so I'm going I'm to defer to Cliff to start with just so he can mm-hmm. kind of tell folks where his – because he's been intricately a part of many, many areas of politics over the last several well, years. And I, I helped both you guys get elected. Exactly. You did. Um, exactly. Uh, no, and that's, um, I, I've I've been very interested in politics over the years, but I also kind of knew where my gifts were, and my gifts were uh, going to be on the communication side of things and not the, uh, uh, not the uh, elected side of things. But I was glad to help both of these guys. Um, uh, get elected and serve in the positions that they did, and I've been involved with a number of other campaigns too. Um, it's a, it's a politics is a frustrating thing because uh, um, you know the issues that are taking place are, are serious uh, issues, but a lot of politics, unfortunately, is is a game uh, anymore, and we see how uh, difficult our system is, and that makes it that much more difficult for a, a, a Christian to get involved and serve, you know, honorably, and that's a uh, that's a difficult thing because you're working in a system that sometimes is not very honorable uh, with the way that it works. And I know that that's a challenge for 
men of faith to get involved and and stay true to that faith uh, while they're doing these things. But um, at the same time, that's also why I supported these guys because I knew that was never a question of uh, of how they were going to serve. And so that was that was easy for me to help these guys get elected beyond. Uh, just our friendship, uh, but knowing that these were people that were going to be um, stepping out into positions and, and were going to be, um, uh, you know, standing the ground and standing up for uh, the things that, um, you know, men of faith should be standing up for. Do you want me to go? Sure. Um, yeah, it's kind of a weird journey. I've, well, I've always voted. I've never been involved really growing up in politics or anything. I did not really care for politics at all. Um, just wasn't my thing, but yet God has a way of leading people <laughs> down paths that they have absolutely no desire and intent. I'm a civil engineer, civil engineers. We solve problems and we you know, there is a solution to everything and you just work through it. And it's a right answer. And politics is everything, but that <laughs> it is not a science. It is really an art form. I tell people that now all the time that I've kind of experienced it, um, because people are coming from different positions and, um, but to be effective, you have to use a lot of those same attributes. Um, you know, I think one of the misconceptions is everything about politics is bad, and there's a lot of bad because it is, quite frankly, human nature exposed. Okay, there's nothing different going on at the state house or at any other place or even in Congress outside of we're seeing how humanity is playing itself out. There's some very good people, very godly people in each of those positions, and there's some that are not. And that is no different than in the business world. It's no different, honestly, than a lot of what's in the church. You have different motives, different intents, but in politics, you're seeing it front and center. And it is a true a picture of what's going on in society. And so if we don't like it, it's because we don't really like what's in society, but we don't really embrace that. And we don't really look at it. It's easier to look and judge others than it is to internally look and judge. But um, and I'm not going to read all the scripture, but over in Romans 13, I mean, why do, why do Christians need to be involved in politics? Romans 13, verses 1 through 6. All power, all authority is ordained by God. Every one of these elected officials, whether they are the most atheist person in the world, they have received their authority from God. Exactly. Romans 13, 1 through 6 tells us that very plainly. And so it is up to us to decide whether we are going to engage and interject on our society's behalf and whether we care enough in order to get involved at whatever level that is, or we're just going to turn it over and let those who are not. But it's God-ordained, designed authority, and we're going to cede that to people who are not of God, and we're not going to do anything about it. You know, so that's the reason for it. I mean, it's very clear. You don't have to look anything else. Now, um, we're to be orderly. We're to follow the the rules, as long as they do not contradict God's command, God's ultimate commands. But most of it is not. It's mostly societal issues that, that come up and those things we are to be engaged at. But, you know, I think God's got to lead, lead everybody. I mean, I know he did with me. I had no idea, no desire um, in serving in office. I showed up at my first school board meeting because my wife, we just had twins a couple of years sooner. They were fixing to start in school. She was a school nurse. I mean, she was a excuse me, the head nurse at the Lexington Family Practice here in West Columbia, and she got a call about being a school nurse. That they may, if the budget went through, that they were looking to add nurses in each school at the time here in Lexington too, and that 
that budget went through, then there'd be some openings. And so she submitted her application thinking that'd be good to, for family to keep her on the same schedule with my kids. And so um, I knew a couple of the school board members. I showed up at a school board meeting to listen to the budget debate and they started, but they were dealing with an issue with an architectural um, issue. Quite frankly, it was out at um, former middle school. They were looking to build, have the gym down at the bottom of the hill where the old Lexington um, Two Recreational Center gym mm -hmm. was. It was going to renovate it. Right. And at the same meeting, they had approved a new gym out at Pine Ridge Middle School. And I don't remember what the cost was um, off the top of my head, but nonetheless, they the architect had presented that, and then they was talking about the changes they were going to do down at the lower end. And I'm sitting out in the audience, and I'm sitting there. I said, well, you got that gym you're going to fix, and then we got this – 2,000 foot walkway we've got to build and construct from the school to get down there and inclement weather is going to be very difficult, security issues. And I'm thinking, so I started adding up and they were fixing to spend more money to renovate that gym and to put all this walkway and stuff in and have a facility was not near as good as they could build a brand new one because they just voted on what the price was to build a brand new one. So I went up after and said, told the board, I said, why y'all doing that? Why don't y'all do this? And they said, well, that's a good idea. And so the next Why don't you run for school board? Yeah. <laughs> next meeting, I showed back up. Honestly, next meeting, I showed back up, and the board voted to do exactly that to put a new gymnasium at Bowman Middle School, which they did. <laughs> yes, they scrapped they the other idea when the architect looked. They said, You're right. That would be a better way to do it. And some members afterwards said, You ought to think about running for school board. And so I said, Well, okay, maybe a good thing, you know? <laughs> and so I ran for school board. That's exactly how it happened, just that way. I did not show up for that reason or purpose, <laughs> but it's just where I said, well, maybe there's something you could give back, you know, make sure that we get the most out of our money. And, that and we're you're using a problem solver. I'm a problem solver. Yeah. And the same thing kind of happened um, with the General Assembly. I had no idea, no desire whatsoever to run for the General Assembly. Um, and people, that I said, no, I'd never do that. But yet circumstances happened in such a way that I knew that I was at least supposed to run. And I've never said that God's led me to win. I've said he's led me to maybe run. And then same thing with majority leader. I said, I'd never do that. And then I did. So yeah, here's, I just quit saying it, honestly. And, but at the same time, I knew it was equally the time for me to walk away in 2016. I knew it that day driving up. Nobody else knew it. I did. And I walked in, said, this is the last, this is it. And so I announced it. Nobody knew about it because it wasn't planned. It wasn't me deciding it. But there are times in life where God is speaking so heavily that it was, and I did not know why. It was for no reason other than I was just time to leave. I'd done all I could do at that point but yet i still can be involved now but i like just solving problems i like dealing with issues and helping people and i still do that get a lot of constituent calls still today and i'll help anybody that calls me because mm -hmm. i still know it's, it's just about knowing where to go right it's not any power i have no power to do anything it's just knowing the process and investing in that and so um that's that's my story and kenny just you know just watching and observing you know that story over the years uh in your life just the opportunities that God opened in your life to come in contact with people you would have never crossed paths with. And the many times, and you, you don't share these publicly, but you've shared them with me privately, many times you've had the opportunity to to uh, minister to people, to share with people, to to uh, to share the gospel with people, to deal with people from different walks of life, from different socioeconomic uh, positions, because of the Lord placing you there at that particular time in that particular place for these particular reasons. So it, it even goes beyond the politics. 
It really goes to ministering and, and reaching out and connecting with people that God brings across your path because the, um, you know, your, your, um, your um, ability to, to reach expands. And I think that's what happens in all of our lives as we, you know, as we, as we minister in whatever level, whether it's in politics or in our business or in our Sunday school class, God just has a way of, um, of just bringing people into our path that if we weren't being faithful to where he called us to be, would never cross our path. Mm -hmm. And that's an amazing thing to watch. It is. I just wanted to comment on on that portion of it. Well, tell a little bit about why you ran for school board. Well, and, and, you know, I think why I ran for school board, I'm still trying to figure that out. But, but, um, no, anyway, I served 12 years. So um, it was um, no doubt that the Lord – you know, open that opportunity, and and my my main um, main reasoning was that I really felt like the Lord was leading me to do it, and so that was you know that was something that um, that I prayed about and became very clear to me. And just like Kenny said, when it was time for me to leave, it was just as clear that it was time for me not to run again as it was when it was time for me to run. I can remember sharing with some uh, folks on the on the board with me at that time. You know how, you know it was just so clear. It wasn't that I planned that this was going to be the year and this was going to be the time, but the Lord just made it so clear that this season of your life is over. Mm-hmm. It's concluded. I've done what I wanted to do, what I planned to do, what I purposed to do in your life and through your life for this season. It's time to move to another season, and so um, it was just very, very clear and very, um, you know, very much. Um, the Lord's hand. And and just there again, just thinking about all the opportunities to meet people, to connect with people, to share with people, to minister to people that I never would have had if I had not crossed that season of my life and, and entered into politics. And, and, you know, whether it's the big picture, you know, whether, you know, a whole lot was accomplished, um, you know, I guess, you know, I feel like I accomplished some things or we accomplished things as a board. Um, but I think the real the real issue is did it, was I faithful to what God called me to do? If I was, then it was a successful twelve years. That's right. And so that's kind of the way I, I kind of look at it. But exactly. um, politics is an interesting thing. It's an interesting animal. But um, the Lord, I think, makes it clear that um, you know that that uh, that we engage our culture at every level. And so um, and it is and it is a microcosm of. Of, of, of society. And if you don't like the way politics looks, then you're probably not going to like the way society looks <laughs> because they, they are a perfect reflection of each. And so, you know, when we look at our culture today and all the societal upheaval and all the cultural change and cultural challenges that we face, and then you look at your politics and you can see it's almost a mirror image. That's right. Exactly. So that's where I was going to go next. So how do you see what is going on today? And maybe through a scriptural lens or maybe just through, um, you know, a biblical lens or, or what you, you know, kind of know is going on uh, as you're watching things unfold. Um, what's your perception of what's going on today, Cliff? Um, something that uh, that we've taught on a number of times and it, and it comes back to it no matter what kind of, lesson series we're doing comes back to truth 
And I think uh, our, our world has a significant void of uh, truth or a lack of an understanding of truth. And, um, and that when there's no truth, there's no hope. Mm-hmm. And um, when, when society uh, is hopeless, then you see a lot of the types of things that we have going on right now. And, um, you know, without sounding too doom and gloom, I mean, I, we've got we've to put that squarely on the church. The church has not uh, fulfilled the role that, it, uh, um, that it's been called to uh, in our world. And again, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons I harp on um, studying scriptures, because, I, you know, the, the body of Christ is, uh, is woefully lacking in um, consistency with scripture. Uh, and, and I think that um, that just has so many ramifications that comes to it. I think a lot of things that are going on now are ultimately, um, if nothing else, uh, indicative of how quickly um, God can flip, th- flip something on its head. Hmm. Um, you know, it had never, uh, people were laughing at Noah um, right before the, uh, the flood started. And, um, and that literally you know, turned the world upside down uh, in a very short period of time. And, you know, you just think about where we were eight or nine months ago uh, and just think of everything that's happened in the last, you know, less than a year. And you realize just uh, how much uh, things can turn, whether that's God removing uh, some of his protections or whether that's God um, some, uh, you know, demonstrating uh, judgment on things, or whether that's God just trying to get our attention, whatever that may be, uh, I, th- I think we've seen what, um, uh, how quickly those things can turn, and that's why, again, knowing knowing Scripture is so important because there are there are many things that we're we're told of that will happen uh, whenever those end times come, and and the only way anybody will know that, whether that's in the near future or the distant future, is to uh, know the word and to be paying attention to those things. And so uh, that's that's very important for Christians to be doing right now is to is to know the word and be paying attention. Exactly. That's no question. I mean, you said it, you know, real succinctly. I mean, it's, we society as a whole, you know, re- rejects this ultimate truth, and God's word is true. It's the only thing. And you you look at all of the um, inconsistencies throughout society in positions we take on one issue versus another. Um, and it's just, it's mind blowing. You know, you can go to prison uh, for destroying an eagle's egg, um, but you can take life and on board without any consequence whatsoever. That's okay. It, so it, it's just bizarre that we can look at certain elements the way that we do, but it is man struggling to do something he is not capable of, and that is being consistent. God is the only word that is true, and it is true from beginning to end, whether we be- people want to believe it or not. I mean, that's clearly up to them. doesn't right. change what's true, uh, and that's the beauty of truth. Um, you cannot like it. You cannot want to admit to it, and you cannot accept it, but nonetheless, it doesn't change what is true, and as long as we fight against truth, then um, we're going to find frustration, and we're going to find the disharmony, and we're going to find the anger, and you see everything that is playing itself out. It's just a microcosm of what's going on um, everywhere right now, right. and that is uh, a cross-section of humanity. So it's really nothing changed or nothing different. Um, you know, when I was at the State House, in my office, we had a code of laws in, in the office that, well, prior to computers, is what you'd look up and use, but, you know, it, 12 feet wide and those codes of laws are as thin as the pages on this Bible here, and they're wall-to-wall. We had multiple stacks of laws that we have passed in order to try to 
um, controls man's behavior. And every session, we have another average of 3,000 bills filed in a session that would change a law to do something different. And it's it's constant. There's never a stop in that process. And it shows you the futility. Not that there's not certain laws that are good. That's not the question. The, The point is there's a futility in trying to reach this. We can't, unfortunately, you cannot legislate behavior. And it's one of the things that always stuck with me. It's one of the reasons why I've always um, and believed the role in the church is the most important that we have is that Christ came. He changed the individual. He didn't spend his time changing all of the laws. He supported the government in terms of its processes, and he didn't violate those laws. But I'm saying he spent the time changing the individual person. And honestly, that's where we all have to be. We all have to, it's an individual change and it takes place one by one. And then when that's effective, then the whole society is. But um, it's, look, it's a difficult time, but there's been ebbs and flows throughout creation. Bible's very clear that these exist. So there's nothing to be shocked at there, but it's also clear of what our role as Christians are and that we are to uh, push forward with doing the, things that the Bible tells us to do. And a lot of people like to take one or two of them and not the rest of them. And I think that's where a lot of the problem comes and a lot of the views against Christianity comes because some people may want to beat others over the head with the Bible instead of um, loving them and doing the other parts of that to show them that they are sincere in their belief and they're sincere in the desire to help somebody. It's not just about pointing out because we all are of sin. We all are in that boat. It's just how do we respond to it? And then what do we do? Um, so, you know, that's kind of where I, I see things at today. Mm-hmm. And okay. it's important that the church stand for the truth without compromise. Because what both of you said, the truth lies within the body of Christ, within the Word of God, mm-hmm. and within the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So there's the truth. And so the problem is, is when the church starts to become a microcosm of what society looks like mm-hmm. and what, and what uh, politics looks like, we should not be a microcosm of society. We should be a picture of Christ and a picture of the body of Christ and the bride of Christ and the Word of God. We should not be a, a microcosm of society. We should, we should stand out for what is and stand for what is the truth because you know when you've got when when people you know when 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 politicians can tell you that what you're what you are seeing with your own eyes is not true (laughs) that something else is an alternate truth then you know we as believers we need to be able to understand that what we see is true in the word of god is true in the person of christ and there should be no reason for us to be questioned in any way that this is true. It was true yesterday, it's true today, it'll be true tomorrow. Just as Christ is unchanging, so is the Word unchanging. And so we have to be careful to, um, to live the truth and to stay grounded in the truth and to make decisions in life based upon the truth. And that's all decisions. Whatever those decisions might be, whether it's um, you know you know what how what we're going to do, how we're going to lead our family, how we're going to lead our business, how we're going to lead into church, how we're going to lead in society, how we're going to confront the culture, how are we going to um, do any of these things that are that are whatever decisions we're making has to be grounded in that truth as believers. 
And so it's, it's a, the, there's never been a greater time for the church to stand for um, who Christ is and the truth of who he is and the truth of who truth of the word of God and to stand firm and to um, to continue to promote the gospel and promote the things that are that we know to be true as believers. Exactly. And that's going back to what Cliff said, but you can't stand for what you don't know. So you've got to be in the Word of God. You've got to be um, and remain and abide in Christ and all of those things because for us to be not of this world, we don't need to look like the world. So the church needs to be different. We need to be focused with a Jesus in front of us at all times, not wavering back and forth on what this person says, what this person says, um, because Satan is the father of chaos and confusion, and the church can get caught up in that really, really fast. So um, Living Real wants to be a part of helping people stay focused on who Jesus is and living real faith in this real life that we've been given and we can do that well by being obedient um well guys i hope you've enjoyed uh, the conversation today we are running a little short on time so i want to go ahead and try to close it out a little bit but encourage people that as you're either either watching because we are recording this today so hello everybody um and not they just. That. Yeah, that all about? <laughs> they did dress nice. I was I was really thrilled that they came. They all look good, but these are godly men. This is what real leadership looks like, and it doesn't mean um, what the world thinks that men are or what they look like. And you know, we sometimes think we have to go to the gym or take these vitamins or eat this way or or participate in these activities to be real men, but. What makes a real man is someone who is submitted to the authority of Jesus Christ with their gifts and abilities that he's created them with and with a heart for obedience. And I'm just honored to know each of you, and I'm so glad that you are here today, and I love you, babe. I'm so glad you participated, oh, you too. To <laughs> I love you, too, but I'm glad you looked at me. We have a record of that, that you looked at me when you said That's it. That's right. I looked at you. So, anyway, thank you so much for being here. So, let's um, close in a word of prayer, because I want to pray for each of you and your ministries and your work, and then we will um, conclude this podcast. Okay. Father, thank you so much for, again for today, and thank you for these guys sitting here talking with me today who are so passionate about you, number one, just passionate about you and who you are, Father, and who you've called them to be. Father, thank you for their um, willingness to be obedient and to surrender to who it is that you have created them to be to lead in the manner that you've called them to lead in whatever capacity, whether it's serving on um, boards, if it's um, working in politics, if it's being a business owner, if it's being a um, Sunday school teacher or, or leading in other positions. Father, I just thank you for their willingness to step up anytime um, and be servants. Their servants' hearts reflect yours, and I just appreciate that so much. I pray for Kenny and his family, Father, and just ask for a measure of um, your blessing and your grace upon them as they um, move and grow and continue to love on their girls and um, 
just in different seasons, Father, I just thank you for what they mean to Rick and I and um, for the friendship that they um, hold so dearly in our hearts. Thank you for Cliff and for India and for um, their kids and just the um, amazing example that they have grown into being um, in a le- in leadership position as well, Father, their hearts for you, their um love for the word and especially as cliff as just digging in father and it's just so obvious um, of how you are forming and shaping him into the man that you want him to be and father for my husband rick i just give you praise and honor and glory for him and for um the years of marriage that we've had together and the children that you have blessed us with and father i just thank you for your protection and your mercy and grace upon our family and just ask the same for each that um is here today and we just father just ask that you use this podcast to minister to to many hearts and to challenge them to follow you um in obedience and we give you praise and honor and glory for what you're going to do for it's in jesus name i pray amen amen Amen. thanks so much well that's a wrap you guys i pray today's conversation has encouraged you challenged you and most of all, pointed you to the source of our faith, Jesus. If you would like to know more about Living Real Magazine, please visit our website at livingrealmag.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Living Real Mag. And until next time, remember, let's keep it real for Jesus' sake.